Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tom Kang. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. All right, well, so glad you guys can make it. My name is Tom. I'm one of the pastors here. Who's happy to be at Liquid Church this morning, huh? So good to see you guys. That's right. Today, we are having an old school, old fashioned church picnic, okay? Church picnic. That's what's happening today. Uh, as a matter of fact, you know, summer, as we all know, it is in full swing. We're talking about pool parties, trips to the shore, and one of my favorites. Backyard barbecues, okay? Uh, if you talk to my wife, uh, she will be the first to tell you she has never seen me cook unless there's an animal sacrifice on one of these things, okay? <laughs> Nevertheless, the heat is on, let me tell you, okay? As we kick off our brand new series, Backyard Gospel, okay? So let's give a shout out to our friends in New Brunswick and in our Nutley campuses. We want to welcome them. Everyone watching online, listening to the radio, welcome to the party, okay? But let's get right down to it. What exactly do we mean by backyard gospel, right? I mean, we all get what the backyard is, right? A backyard is a place where we actually retreat. It's, it's our own little slice of the world. It's where we get to do whatever we want. We can just sort of relax and be with our friends and neighbors. It's a place where we chill and where we grill, right? That's what the backyard is all about. So we all get the backyard part. But what about the gospel? Why is it backyard gospel? What are we talking about there? Here's the deal. Gospel literally means good news, and it comes from the Greek word euangelion. Euangelion, it's also the root for where we get our word evangelist. That is someone who simply shares or tells the good news, okay? Now, folks, now, b- b- before, before you kind of tune out, okay, you have to understand this, okay? I get it. When you hear the word evangelist, right, automatically, your mind goes towards this place where some man is wearing a cheap suit and he has a bad haircut, all right? That's not what we're talking about today. As a matter of fact, I need you to think of it like this. If any of you have ever been on Facebook, if you have a Twitter account, if you've even ever talked to anyone besides yourself, okay, you are an evangelist. It doesn't have to be, you know, spreading the news about Jesus. It doesn't have to be talking about the gospel. An evangelist is someone who simply shares good news. I mean, have you been on Facebook lately? You go on that for like two, three minutes, and all of a sudden you see whatever impacts a person That's what they naturally share with others. It could be about a paleo-friendly diet, okay? If it's good for me, I'm going to share. It could be a sonogram for my first child, my first grandchild. I'm going to share that. It could be a wedding that I went to or vacation that I went to or a movie that I saw. Whatever it is, whatever impacts your life, you naturally share. Same thing with your faith. So friends, Backyard Gospel is a series where we actually want to equip you with some practical tools that'll help you share the greatest of all good news. I'm talking, of course, about the good news of Jesus Christ, that a perfect and holy God 
would send his one and only son to die on the cross for you and for me so that any who would believe in him would have eternal life. And so for the next couple of weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to show you how to share the good news in a very normal and natural and not weird way. Okay, so I, I just I, I need to say that because here's the deal. Okay, I just want to acknowledge that right now, some of us here today, maybe you're in this room, maybe you're watching online, some of us here today, you may actually not be Christian, and you may be like, "Oh my gosh, I knew I shouldn't have come today." My goodness, I walked into a family barbecue. This is awkward, right? You're thinking that, you're feeling that, you're like, did he just say that we're going to spend a series that teaches people how to talk to people like me, a non-Christian? Awkward, right? But can I just tell you a little bit of a secret here as to why we need to have a series like this? Here's the deal. It's because we Christians suck at this. We get all funky and weird, start creeping you out, asking you questions like, if you died today, would you know where you spend eternity? Is that like a threat or something? What's going on there? Okay, so personally, I thank God that you're here if you're not a believer. I am thrilled that you are here. I love the fact that you actually just get to kick back and relax and just kind of hear what makes our own heart tick because we have a long, long way to go. So I want to thank you in advance for your patience. Can we just thank them for that, just your patience for us? Okay, now don't get too comfortable, believers, okay, because I got something for you too, all right? I just, I just got to be straight here while I'm on that little soapbox here for a second, okay? I need to call this out. See, because many of the times, the reason why you and I, the reason why Christians, okay, why we fail to share the gospel, the reason why we don't want to go to a barbecue and, and share and evangelize and preach Jesus Christ is because we don't want to be that guy. You know what I'm talking about? Here's what I'm talking about, okay? That guy is the one, you know, it's like the, the barbecue's happening. It's like Saturday afternoon. It's like 2, 3 in the afternoon. It's awesome. Weather's nice. The burgers are sizzling. You know, the drinks are flowing. Everybody's happy. You know, you got Jack Johnson playing in the background. Maybe some Capital City, something like that. You know, you got, everyone's got their groove on. Everyone's kind of dancing. You're having a good time. And then all of a sudden, that guy shows up, all right? And he has with him one of these CDs. All right? And he says, all right, excuse me. Excuse, oh, that's the kind of, that music's kind of loud there. Um, I was just wondering if uh, we could take a moment uh, to listen to a message that Pastor Tim preached. It's on the end times, the, the coming war in the Middle East. Can we, just, can we just knock off that music and just pop this bad boy in there? You don't want to be that guy, okay? We don't have to be weird, okay? See, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ can actually be as simple and as natural as a conversation that you would have on your back deck. 
In fact, let me ask you guys. We just went through this tremendous heat wave, right? If, if you had a guest come over, if you had some friends come over your house, maybe it happens today, right? If you had some guests come over today, what would you ask? What's the first thing that you would offer them when they step into your home? What do you offer them? A drink. Exactly, a drink. So you all are in my backyard today. This is my grill. This is my, like my lawn. I mow it every day. Anyways, all right, I'm going to offer you guys a drink, okay? Let's have some drinks here. Any Diet Coke, any Diet Coke fans? We got one right there. We got one right over here, okay? We got, we got some, uh, we got some, we got some Mucho Mango over here. We got some Gatorade. Anyone want some Snapple? Oh, I'm not going to throw this bottle. Anyways, all right, we got some Snapple. We got some Gatorade over here. Do you guys know that Shaquille O'Neal has his own drink, <laughs> strawberry cream soda. Now, does that say drink me on it? I don't want to drink that, but you can have it if you want, okay? And, uh, oh, yeah, we got, we got this right here. This is Arnold Palmer, okay? You guys know what Arnold Palmer is? It's half lemonade, half vodka. No, 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 just, come on, man. This, I'm just kidding. This is, this is church. Come on now. All right, okay? I'm not going to give that one away. All right, so that's the thing. It's as simple as asking. You know what? You want a drink? You want a drink? It can be that simple. And I need everyone here to keep that in mind as we turn to our passage today. Would you turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 4, verse 4. It's on page 741. Because here is what we're about, what we're about to see here is that Jesus' own approach to evangelism, sharing the good news about himself, is so easy. It's like he's in his backyard and having a cold one, okay? And this is going to surprise many of you because Jesus doesn't use methodical scripts, okay? Jesus, when he evangelizes, he doesn't use some sort of high-pressure religious sales pitch, okay? In fact, Jesus shows us that evangelism can start out as simply as asking, you got a drink? That's it, okay? Look with me at verse 4. Check this out. Now he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, neither plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about, what was it? The sixth hour, or by our standards of time, this was 12 noon. Think of it as the sun being at its apex, okay? Verse 7, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, now just stop right there, folks, this is a message about evangelism, okay? This is Jesus' opening line. So what kind of wise and persuasive words do you think Jesus used? What kind of spiritual acumen do you think he came out with in his opening line? Check this out. Let's read his opening line together. It's so spiritual. Let's read this together. Will you give me a? Wow, so spiritual. Will you give me a drink? Have you got a drink? You got something to drink? You see, what we have to understand here is that Jesus did not start out his evangelism, his proselytizing with, if you knew that you were going to die today, do you know where you spend heaven? Jesus did not start out by handing a tract. Jesus did not start out by quoting himself, okay? He didn't do any of those things. No, instead, what did Jesus do? He simply asked a question. Have you got a drink? See, I've been been walking around with with these disciples of mine, traveling on foot, maybe a donkey if we're lucky, and mm, 
I sure could use a cold one. Have you got something to drink? That's it. It's so simple, right? See, the first step of evangelism is simply this. Ask good questions. I see some of you taking notes. That's point number one. Ask good questions. See, it's not rocket science. As a matter of fact, it's not even eschatological theology, all right? How many of you, let me just ask while we're on that note, how many of you were actually here for the signs series last month? Raise your hand if you were here for biblical prophecy in the end times. All right, good. Oh, go, go ahead. Pat yourselves on the back, okay? Awesome. That was a great series, right? That's amazing. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Praise the Lord. Pastor Tim, he's so wonderful. Let me just, let me just tell you something right now, Okay. You start talking about revelation, you bring up the war of Gog and Magog and the beast that comes out of the sea with 10 horns and 10 crowns at your backyard barbecue, ain't nobody going to stay, okay? They're all going home, all right? Do you understand what I'm talking about? Everybody is going home if you pull out that CD and say, do you know about the coming war in the Middle East? (laughs) Nobody's staying. They're all going home, including me, Okay. Doesn't matter what you're grilling, okay? No, you see, the first step of sharing the gospel is to be normal. Just be normal. Just be normal and ask good questions. Normal questions like, you got a drink? (laughs) Normal questions like, you know, maybe... Maybe it's been a while since, since you've seen your buddy's wife and kids. It's been a while since you've actually seen them together. So just simply ask, you know, hey, you know, how are the wife and kids doing? I, haven't, I feel like I haven't seen you guys together in a while. I see you all the time, but what are they up to? Or, or, you know, maybe your neighbor's phone keeps going off. It's a Saturday afternoon. You're in his backyard, and you guys are trying to talk and everything, but his phone just keeps going off nonstop. It's beeping. It's buzzing. It's doing all. And you're like, you just ask him a simple, normal question. Like, Wow, dude, it's like Saturday. I, you must be in the busy season. I thought busy season was like last month for you. What's, what's going on at work? Is that like killing you? What, what's happening over there? Normal questions. You know, I, I like the way the authors uh, of this book, I Once Was Lost, put it. Here's what they said. They said, learning to ask good questions is at the heart of evangelism in the mold of Jesus. Check it out. You know, Jesus was constantly asking questions with people that he encountered all the time. We see that throughout the scriptures. As a matter of fact, Jesus, did you know, throughout the scriptures was asked 183 questions. Do you know how many of the 183 questions Jesus answered directly? Three. Three of them. And as a matter of fact, on top of that, Not only did he just answer three of the 183 questions that he was asked, but then he also asked his additional 307 questions. (laughs) Can you imagine that? That happened throughout the Bible. Jesus asked his own questions when he was questioned with something. You see, Jesus understood the value of asking good questions. In fact, Jesus never had a QA and a session. Oh, we love that. Jesus had Q and Q sessions because he understood the value of asking a good question. He understood that when you ask good questions, you start to develop a relationship. You build a relationship. When you ask good questions, that gives you an inroad to actually dig down deeper. Watch what happens next. Verse 9. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. 
How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews did not associate with Samaritans. You see, you got to understand, Jews and Samaritans, they didn't get along back then. Uh, But Jesus is here, and he's deliberately building a bridge. So just a thought, what kind of bridges are you building with people that you may not get along with? Just a thought, not trying to convict you or anything, just, just saying. Verse 10, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. You see what's going on here? You see what's happening? Jesus starts by asking a good question, and he digs a little bit deeper. You know, he he asks a simple question. You got a drink? And then that allows him, that gives him permission to dig a little bit deeper. So let me ask you, would you be willing to ask a few, a couple of good questions and drill down deeper? That's our second point for those of you taking notes. Second point of evangelism, second step is to drill down deeper. And notice, I want you to notice how exactly Jesus does this. How does Jesus drill down deeper? I love this. He actually connects a physical symptom I'm thirsty. Have you got a drink? He connects a physical symptom with a deeper spiritual reality, living water. A physical symptom with a spiritual reality. And you know what? If you are attentive, if you listen to the people that you have conversations with, you will see that kind of connection between a physical symptom and a spiritual reality all the time. That kind of connection is at the heart of so many of our encounters. It's already there if you listen. If you take the time and really listen to the conversations you have, think of it this way, a surface symptom. Maybe, maybe someone has an off comment, right? Maybe they're irritable. Maybe they're snapping at, at the slightest, smallest thing. If you dig a little bit deeper, and even if you just examine your own heart, your own self, right, you often find that beneath that surface symptom is a deeper pain. Maybe it's a struggling marriage. Maybe it's not having any idea what to do next with your kids who are driving you nuts. Maybe it's a bad health report and the doctor told you something that you do not want to hear. Whatever it is, there's a deeper pain. Let me give you a real life example of how this actually played out in my own life very recently, the other day, with my neighbor, okay? I, I go to him, I was like, dude, you know, how, how are you and Kelly doing these days? Well, what's going on? I'm not going not to use real names, okay? So how are you and Kelly doing? Pfft, dude, I, I, I'm actually kind of glad that you asked. I mean, I, I just, it, to be honest, it's same shtick, different day. I'm not going to use his actual words either. Same shtick, different day. Oh, you know, that, dude, what, what's going on? You know, you're normally, you know, you know, you don't usually say things. There must be something happening here. What, what's happening? It sounds like trouble. Dude, I just, can I just be honest with you? I, I'm just, I gotta sit down, man. I, work is absolutely, it's just killing me right now. And I've been at this company for over 10 years, and now they're expecting me to, like, I gotta lay off half a dozen people. I mean, work is just absolutely Listen, I know you're a pastor. You only work one day a week, but work is just killing me right now, okay? It's just, whew. I don't know if you understand that, but it's just, you know what I'm saying? I just, I just feel like I am not winning. See, you ask good questions. You, you dig down a little bit deeper, and you will find yourself 
in the middle of conversations that actually get down to the heart. You see, that's all that Jesus was after. He was after the heart. In fact, I want you to check out what happens next in our passage here. Skip down to verse 15 here. It says, the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. See, she, her mind was still on the physical, the physical symptoms, right? The surface stuff. But verse 16, oh, I love this. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands. The man that you are now with, he's not even your husband. What you have said is quite true. Oh, no, he didn't! (laughs) Oh, yes, he did. Jesus went there. Can you believe that? See, you and I, we live in in a culture... We live in a time and day where there are certain things you just don't talk about. You just don't don't go there. Everyone here, I don't know if you realize this, we all had the same mama, okay? We all had the same mama. Uh, what What did your mama teach you growing up as a child? There are three things you do not talk about in polite company, okay? Transcends all genders, all ethnicities. We all have the same mama. Three things. You do not talk about politics. You do not talk about sex. And you do not talk about... Don't go there. Don't go there. You don't talk about religion either, okay? Yet Jesus models the exact opposite. He goes there. Go to the heart. He goes to the heart. And that's our third step of evangelism, of breaking the ice with good questions, of drilling down deeper, but then you got to go there. We see Jesus go there. See? Jesus, he goes straight for the heart. He does not dilly-dally. He goes straight. That's that's what he's after. He's after the heart. He's not just after an enlightening conversation. He's after the heart. So he's walking around. He sits down by this well. And he goes, uh, yeah, they're having a nice little conversation, some chit-chat. And finally he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, this is pretty cool. Hey, why don't you go call your husband? I said a mouthful there. Yep. Oh, what's that? Oh, you don't. Oh, that's, that's, that's right. You don't, you, don't, you don't have a husband. You, you actually had uh, one, two, three. Well, if you count Bob, five. You've had, you've had five husbands, right? Mm, mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, five husbands. That's all right. It's, it's okay. You got a lot of love. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but actually, you know, that the guy that you're with, I saw you guys walking around the mall yesterday. Uh, you know, I. Mm, uh, they had malls back then. Uh, the guy that you're with, he, he's actually not your husband either, is he? <laughs> See, folks, in other words, Jesus, he always goes straight for the heart. And Jesus, what he, was, what he was doing with this woman is he was saying, you know what, sweetheart, your bucket, it's got a hole in it. It's got a hole in it. So let's talk about that. 
I love this. This is why I love the scriptures. I love reading the scriptures together because do you guys catch that little detail? You, you catch that? Little, I, I, I hinted about it before, but let me, let me just ask you here. Um, what time was all this happening? This little barbecue, this little backyard barbecue. What, 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 what time were they at the well? Yeah, six hours, 12 o'clock, 12 in the afternoon, when the sun was at its apex. Mm, that, that's curious, isn't it? Have you ever thought about that? Like, you know, most women of the day in that culture, they would go at dawn or dusk to gather water at the village well, the famous well in the center of the village where everyone goes to collect their water. Most people would go early in the day before the sun was out, before the sun came hot, or if they needed a double double serving of water, they would go at at night when, when the sun started to set. They would not go in the middle of the day. Think about the heat wave. Would, would, you, would you do anything? Do you want to do something in the middle? Of, no, you wouldn't. Now, why would this woman do that? Why would she go in the middle of the day when no one was at the well? Maybe it was because no one was at the well. She didn't want to run into anyone. Maybe it's because she, she didn't want to go when, when she knew she'd have to run up against people and other women that gave her mean looks and looked at her all weird and, and, and felt their stares. Have you ever felt the stares of people like daggers going through you? Judgment and condemnation and shame? Maybe that's why the Bible actually makes note. It's during the sixth hour that all this has taken place. See, Jesus, Jesus knows all of this, but he doesn't shy away from it. He still goes there. Why? Is it to shame her? Is it to mock her? To make her feel worse? To judge her? No. No way. Not at all. Jesus goes there because Jesus knows something that you and I have to start learning. And that is deep hurts reveal the heart. Deep hurts reveal the heart. Jesus is like, hey, listen, sweetheart, I, I get that we're talking about water right now. And, and, you know, I, I, I get that. I understand that. But can I just be honest with you? Can I, can, I just, can I just say that I feel like there's something deeper going on. There's something deeper stirring inside of you. It, 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 would it be possible? Could it be possible that, man, you are drawing water from the wrong well. Could that be possible? See, deep hurts reveal the heart. It's like my buddy who said, you know what? I feel like I'm not winning. I feel like at work and at home, it's just, I am just not winning. And I was just like, dude, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, I've never heard you complain about home. What's happening there? Oh, dude, you know... Tom, I just, I got to tell you, man, Kelly and I, we just, we haven't actually slept in the same bedroom for two months. I'm not proud of that either. See, right there, a choice needs to be made. Right there, you have the decision to make. Are you going to go deeper? Are, are you going to go deep, drill down? Are you going to go there? Or 
You're going to pretend that you didn't hear that. Are you going to try to change the topic? <laughs> That's a burger's burden? What's happening? Right? Because we all can do that. We all are experts at that. And that's exactly, if you think about it, that's exactly what this woman does. Check this out. Verse 19, she tries to change the topic. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet, okay? Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. See what she's doing there, right? She just, all of a sudden, she got all religious. Her halo came back on, right? Do you see what I'm saying here? See, the great debate of that day was who worships where? It was Jews versus Samaritans, right? It was so polarizing, so very polarizing. Two different camps, right? Thank goodness that doesn't happen today. Yeah, right. Exactly, right? Of course it happens. It happens all the time. In fact, let me just share with you this. Over the past year, I've noticed an interesting phenomenon, and that is this. Do you know... What one of the first questions, especially this past year, what one of the first questions people ask me when they, when they find out that I'm a pastor, do you know what one of the first questions they ask me today is? It's happening this past year, and that's this. The question is, um, so what's your position on same-sex marriage? That's the first question. That's the first question. I'm at a gas station. I'm online in ShopRite. I'm at Home Depot. If whatever, if the topic comes up that I'm a that's the first question they ask. But you know what? Jesus would not take the bait. Neither should you. Because here's the deal. With a question like that, it reveals absolutely nothing about our hearts. Religious debates are just easy ways to divide the backyard barbecue into two different camps. That's all religious debates do. Uh, oh, Jew or Samaritan, black or white, red or blue, what's the deal? Which one are you? Are you for or are you against? That's all it does. It's very divisive. You see, we live in a culture, we love talk radio points. Mm-mm, give me more talk radio points. Why? Because talk radio points are easy. It's too easy. It's so easy to manage talk radio points because once you find one that tickles your ear and you like it, you latch onto it. And what do you do when you latch onto it? You immediately wholesale dismiss the other side. You never give them a chance. The problem is that's never the way Jesus did it. The problem is Debates never connect people to God. Anyone here nobody know somebody that was debated into the kingdom of God? No, it doesn't happen, okay? It doesn't happen. Debates only divide and embitter. They avoid the real topic. Meanwhile, Jesus is busy pursuing messy hearts. That's the amazing thing. So step number four is simply this. It's simply this. Avoid religious debate. For the love of God, avoid religious debate. Now, I I recognize it is not lost on me, the irony of that, okay? This woman is standing here with Jesus Christ. She's at the well with the second person of the ontological trinity. I get that, okay? This is Jesus Christ, the one who turned the world right side up, upside down, the Judeo-Christian world as we know it. Yet this same Jesus is the one who says, yeah, you know something? Can we just talk about anything else besides religion? Would that be okay? Jesus says that. 
right? It's like this. At least I got to share this too. I, I might get in trouble for this, but I'm just going to do it, okay? Pastor Tim's not here. Um, at least once a month or so, okay, at least once a month, okay, I get someone that comes to me after a service. If this is you, I apologize, but I'm just, I want to be real here, okay? I get one person that comes up to me, right, and it's like all desperate looking, all distraught and everything. Oh, you know, Pastor Tom, can I talk to you right now, please, please? Yeah, sure. What, what, what's going on? Oh, Pastor Tom, I just, I just, you know, I've been, I've been having my quiet times, my devotions in, in the Bible. I've been reading the scriptures and praying. And I just have to ask you one question. Where in the Bible does it actually say you shouldn't live together with your girlfriend? Like, like, is there an actual verse in the Bible that says, thou shalt not live together? It's just been pressing upon my heart. I just was been wondering. Uh, okay, uh, all right, all right. Uh, let, let me just harness the Holy Spirit here. <laughs> let, let, me, let, me just, let me just think back to all my seminary training, my pastoral experience. Okay, I think I'm ready. Why? Is it because you want to move in with your girlfriend? Is that why you're asking me? See, guys, here's the point, Okay. We love to collect theological ammo because it is way easier to deal with than the messiness of our hearts. But you know what? Jesus, he doesn't fall for that. And that's why we need to avoid religious debate. Don't take the bait. Check this out. Look with me at verse 21. Jesus declared, believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. He just goes, blows right through it. I love that. And then skipping down to verse 25. Check this out. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ. I know that he's coming, okay? When, when he comes, he will explain everything to us. In other words, she said, oh, I believe. Don't get me wrong. I believe. I believe in God. I know that he's coming sometime soon. I know that I've not lived a perfect life. I believe once, once he comes, I'll be straight. Once he, once he comes, I'll get my life together. I, I, I'm just waiting for him to come. Mm, that's interesting. Because the next verse says, then Jesus declared, I who speak to you, I'm he. I'm the one. The, the, the one that you're, you're waiting for and you just, oh, you're going to get your life together. And all, all that. I'm right here. You're actually talking to him. See, folks, Jesus is always so much closer than we think. And so that leads us to our fifth and final point. Because Jesus is so much closer than we think, we have the freedom and the privilege to reveal Christ. Reveal Christ. That's the fifth and final step. It, it sounds so obvious, doesn't it? I mean, here we are. We're at the start of a, of a series about evangelism. We're talking about sharing God's good news about Jesus Christ. But I tell you what. I tell you what. Here, here's the reality. The reality is many of you are so good at asking good questions. I know. I, I, I talk with you all the time. You ask great questions. And, 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 and many of you, you are not afraid to drill down deep. You are not afraid to go there. That is awesome. You like, you like getting to the heart of the matter. Praise God. That is awesome. That's actually a gift. That is so good. Good. And many of you, you intentionally do that. That's also, that is awesome. Thumbs up. But here's where many of us fall short. We stop short right 
of this, and that is we get to the point where we can reveal Christ and we just don't. We, we just stop it right there. And instead of revealing Christ, we just, we just move on or we shut it down. And we never tell people who this Jesus really is. You know, for my buddy who, who wasn't winning at work, wasn't winning at home, I, I just finally had to say to him, I was like, dude, dude, do you know, I, I just, can I just be honest with you? I feel like, I just, it's, I want to be honest. I, I feel like you're trying to find your worth and your value in, in your job and in your family. And dude, I'm not even saying that's wrong. I get that. I do that too. But that can't be the only thing. As a matter of fact, I, I don't want to like weird you out or anything. But honestly, for me, this, this is what I found works for me. It, it's Jesus. I, I find my identity and my, my whole sense of worth and my value in Jesus. Uh, don't get me wrong. I want a good job. I want a good family. But I, I, ultimately, I know that the only thing the only one, the only whatever that can truly satisfy your heart is the one who created it. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. And he's here closer than you think. Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Folks, you need to think of it this way. God wants to speak to the people that are in your sphere of influence. But check this out. He wants to speak through you. Not me. Not Pastor Tim. He wants to speak through you. So folks, what would it take? What would it take for you to reveal who Jesus really is and how he applies to your friend's situation? What's stopping you from sharing the good news? Because I can guarantee you this one thing, and that is this. Whoever it is that you're thinking of, I bet they are more ready to hear God's good news for them than you think. When's it gonna happen? Here I am, there you are. Here I am desperate for love, for truth. What are you gonna do when you leave this building? Are you gonna share with me what you've been learning here today? Or are you just gonna bottle it up and pull it out next week for your friends? Now when I say share, I'm not talking about every tactic you've used on me in the past. Like judging my every move, telling me I'm a bad person, pointing fingers, giving me disgusting looks. <laughs> and my favorite is when you tell me that I'm lost. I don't even know what that means to be lost. Do you really think judging me is going to make me change? Would it make you change? Listen to me. I need you. I need you to be here for me. I need you to walk out right now, ready and willing to do whatever it takes. It's, it may not be comfortable. It may not be easy. But I need you to show me love. No matter the cost, show me what unconditional love really looks like. Stop telling me about this God of yours and show me who he really is. Honestly, I'll probably resist you. I'll probably argue with you and laugh at you. I'll, you know, even when you fall, I'll probably call you a hypocrite. But don't give up on me. 
please don't give up on me. So I'm going to ask you, when's it going to happen? When are you actually going to share the gospel? When are you going to have that conversation and actually go there with someone? And maybe, more importantly, who are you going to go there with this summer? See, I know something about every single person here today, whether you're a man, woman, child, whether you're a believer of Jesus, a Hindu, a Jew, whatever, whoever you are, I know something about you, and that is this. At some point in the next few weeks, at some point this summer, this is going to be you. You are going to be here. You're going to be here at a back deck. You're going to be here in a backyard. You're going to be here at poolside. And you're going to be with a coworker, a friend, a family member, someone that you're just getting to know, an acquaintance. And someone is inevitably going to ask the question, do you want a drink? You want a drink? And here's the thing. At that moment, you will have the choice You'll have the choice to be a part of what God is doing in this person's life or not. But here's what I want you to remember. See, that woman at the well, you have to understand, she's the same person as that guy at the grill. That woman at the well is the same person as your buddy at the pool as your neighbor down the street. And for many of you, if you're a believer of Jesus, you've been walking with Jesus, you're a disciple of Jesus, you have to remember that that woman at the well was once you. She was once you. So I got a challenge for you today. My challenge for you is to have one conversation. Can you do that? One conversation that leads to, that points to, that reveals Christ. One conversation that reveals Jesus for who he really is. You don't have to seal the deal, okay? I'm not asking you to have a convert or whatever. That Pastor Tim is going to talk about that next week, okay? He's going to share how this is a process, okay? It's an organic process, but here's the deal. I just want you to have one conversation. You do not have to You don't have to baptize them with Gatorade and Snapple right then and there, okay? That would be weird, okay? That would be that guy, okay? You don't, I'm not asking you to do that. I'm just asking you to have one conversation. Can you do that? So here's what I want you to do right now. Everyone go ahead and and click your pens. You got a pen right there? Go ahead and click this pen, okay? Everyone go ahead and, and take out your message notes, all right? And in the bottom there, would you just do- jot down the first name of one person that God has put in your backyard? Maybe your office, maybe your, your neighborhood, maybe where you work, wherever it is. God, w- name one person that God has put in your back- backyard. Go ahead and jot that name down. And my challenge is this. Could you have one conversation this summer? Could you have one conversation this month over a drink, over a beer, and point them, maybe not a beer, okay, over a burger, maybe, whatever it is, and point them to Christ. Can you do it? Would you do it? Everyone jot that name down. I'm going to go ahead and jot my name down as well. The person I'm going to reach out to, one conversation, okay? And here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that and just put it upon your heart right now. And let's pray. Let's pray for this person right now and ask that God would open up an opportunity to share his good news. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, right now, This name is on 
your heart. It's not just on a piece of paper. It's actually on your heart. And you knew since the beginning of time when you created this person that you would send your son, Jesus, to die for this person, to actually save this person, just like you saved me, Lord. And so I thank you, first of all, for impressing upon our hearts this name. And I ask that you would create opportunities, open doors that allow us to share and to reveal who Jesus is. Maybe who Jesus is even for my own life. Help us just to take that next small step. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.